ladies and gentlemen. And just say it slowly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back once again to 10 Minutes in the Field. The events that you're going to hear today took place on a Friday. And for days, excited Jews from all over Palestine have crowded into Jerusalem for the Passover feast. But on Friday morning, the city is greeted with startling news. Jesus of Nazareth is going to be crucified for treason. Jesus is now in the hands of the Roman soldiers, who forced him to carry a heavy cross through the streets to a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skulls. As Jesus stumbles under the weight of, the, of his cross, the streets fill with a strange mixture of spectators and mourners, priests and Pharisees who demand Jesus' death, women weeping for the man who forgave sins and healed the sick, curious onlookers who want only to see the condemned man carry his cross. Two robbers are sentenced to crucifixion as well. On the way, Jesus falls under the weight of the heavy cross. To keep the ugly procession moving, the Roman officials seize a bystander. Simon of Serene said, you carry the cross for him. It's about nine o'clock in the morning when Jesus and the two robbers reach Golgotha. Soldiers nail the Son of God to a cross between the robbers. Pilate's sign hangs over Jesus' head and it says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Just before his death, Jesus said these words, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. To the Roman soldiers, Jesus is just another criminal. They notice that Jesus has a nice robe. And one of them says, this robe is seamless. How should we divide it? Oh, come on. It's too good to tear in two pieces. Let's just gamble for it. As Jesus' friends stand watching him suffer, curious crowds pass by. Some who want him to die begin to taunt him. If you are the king of the Jews, come down from the cross, then we will believe you. One of the robbers crucified with Jesus howls insults at him too. And he says, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and then save us. But the other criminal replies to his friend and says, have some respect for God. We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing wrong. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied to him these words, today you will be with me in heaven. Jesus looks down and sees his mother Mary and his friend John at the foot of the cross watching his agony. And he says to John, John, take care of my mother. At this point, it's now noon. A strange shadow covers the land. Jesus suffers for three hours under the dark sky and then cries out to God, Father, I put my spirit in your hands. Jesus dies. At that moment, an earthquake shakes the ground. At the very same moment, the veil in the holiest part of the temple has ripped in two pieces. And one of the priests asks, what can this mean? On a hill called Calvary, the Son of God gave his life for the sins of the world. The veil in the temple no longer separates us from the presence of God. Jesus 
the Son opened the way to God the Father. Outside the city, even the Roman officer in charge of the execution is awed by what happened and reverently he looks up at the man who forgave his enemies and he says, truly this man was the son of God. The soldier at this point stabs Jesus with a spear to make sure he's dead. The witnesses are filled with grief. They slowly go back to Jerusalem. They've now lost all hope that Jesus was the promised Savior who would deliver them from the Romans. In Jerusalem, Joseph of Arimathea, a secret believer in Jesus, goes to Pilate and tells him, May I have the body of Jesus so that we may bury it before the Sabbath? And he replies, Yes, I'll give orders to the officer in charge. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it sounds like a very, very sad moment to hear that the Savior is dead. But I watched a poem once that said, It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. And these men, both criminals, both in need of a Savior, look at Jesus. They're very, very close to heaven. Very close to heaven. Because Jesus said, when he was still alive, he said, I'm the way the truth and the life. And these men are staring at death literally. But also what is true is that they are both staring at the way, the truth and the life. But one of them in their last moments simply howls insults at the Messiah in as much as he can see Christ so closely. He's so near heaven. But all he could do is just simply hurl insults at the Messiah and ask him, if you're the son of God, save yourself and save us. In other words, those words were words of rejection, words of doubt. And yet he said, to those who believe me, to those who receive me, to them he gave the right to become children of God. But the other thief, knowing his sin, I don't know where he got the knowledge of God from, but the little that he knew about God, he simply was convicted of his sin. And he rebukes his fellow criminal. He says, do you not fear God? We deserve the punishment we are getting, but this man is innocent. And he looks at Christ, knowing that someday there's going to be a resurrection. Someday there's going to be a kingdom. And as much as Christ is hanging on the cross, this thief understood that someday there is going to be a kingdom. And he tells him, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And my friend, that right there is faith. Faith is the things that we cannot see. In as much as all the signs that they were showing, death and gloom and darkness, this thief on the cross was able to see that there is life. There is life. There is life. And that life was only in the Son of God. In as much as at that point the Son of God looked like he was dying, the criminal was able to see life because Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the question I have to ask you here is, how close are you to heaven? Do you have a friend who has told you about Christ, by the fact that you listen to this podcast, there is hope for you if you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior. But this story here doesn't only just have thieves near Christ. There's another, there's another there are other individuals who have been mentioned to be right near Christ, right near heaven. And these were the Roman soldiers. But all they could do was simply look at 
the garment that Christ was wearing. They have the Messiah right there in front of them, who can save them, who can give them everlasting life, but what do they do? They choose to start fighting for Jesus' cause. And I think that's a picture of some of us today. Instead of seeking the Savior, instead of seeking the Messiah, instead of seeking one that can save us, we are so much concentrating on the things of this world that we are going to leave behind. And I think this story of Jesus' death and this period of Easter and the Passion Week is a great reminder of what is most important. I'm really thankful to God that has allowed us to be able to know His truth even in moments like this, even in days when we cannot go to church, that He has provided means for us to be able to hear because it's very, very, very important. These men, some of them, missed it, but some were able to grab a hold of the Messiah even at the last moment, even at the last moment. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in as much as it looks like it's death, there is life. There is life. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Let me also say that on Saturday, we will not have any podcast uh, aired. We're going to take a break because at this point, the Messiah is dead. But guess what? On Sunday, Sunday is coming. And I want to be reading for you the story of how this death turned into the resurrection. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for supporting the ministry of Word of Life. Thank you so much for listening to 10 Minutes in the Field, Kids Edition. I'm here with Faith. Faith is very, very excited. Every day she reminds me. In fact, today, she's the one who helped me to set up the equipment. Got there from my bag I said that I'm not letting you go until we do the Kids Edition. It's been a blessing. It's been an awesome opportunity to be able to share this ministry with my daughter, Faith. And I pray that uh, the kids out there will be able to hear and believe the message of the gospel. Faith, glad you're here. Glad to be here. Awesome. Is there anything you'd like to share with us? How has this story? I know it's a story concerning death. We are afraid of death. People are confused when it comes to death. But I just want to hear, what do you think about this um, this story today? What are your thoughts when you look at the Bible today? I was wondering, what is a veil? What is a veil? Oh, they okay. What do you think a veil? So let me let me see. What do you think a veil is? I think a veil is like things that separate us from God. Well, and, a veil is another word. A veil is another word for a curtain. See that curtain right there? Yes. Now, when you look at the way the temple was designed. There was a place which was referred to as the Holy of Holies. No one, no one, and I repeat, no one was supposed to enter that particular space apart from the high priest. Even then, the high priest only entered that place once a what? Once a year. And so there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of of the people. Only the high priest actually if the high priest was not pure and entered that place, he would die. Not that God dwelt in buildings made by men, God is omnipresent, but that particular place was kept holy, separate from the rest of the, the temple. And that curtain 
which separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple is what is referred to as, in this case, the veil. But veil simply means what? Curtain. In fact, some translations have the word curtain. But that curtain was so thick, you could not tear it with your own hands. You actually take, I forget, but we take a couple, you would take a number of horses tied on both sides of the curtain and then whipped to be able to tear it apart. So you imagine a horse. The horse has so much power. But this curtain, that day, when Christ died on the cross, it was what? It was torn. What does that mean? That the veil in the temple no longer separated us from the presence of God. Remember? He separated us from the presence of God. Only the high priest would go. But now, it was a symbol to show that we can as well be in the presence of God. Even the unholy to be Exactly. So you come before God unholy, but through Christ, what does he do? You he come saved. out holy. Exactly. So he says, listen, he says in the book of John, to all who believed him, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Another part of the Bible says there's only one mediator between God That's and man. The man Jesus Christ, the only mediator. The mediator is, let me give you an example. So let's say, you know sometimes when you are playing with Sophie and then you want to ask me something, mm -hmm. what do you usually do? And I don't love the first knock on the door. You usually first knock on the door, but if you don't want to come to me to ask me, what do you usually do? Usually you send me, yeah. usually you send Sophie and say, go and ask daddy to do what? For example? Sometimes I ask her to send, to tell, Daddy, mm -hmm. or mommy, mm -hmm. if we can watch cartoons. Exactly. So you said, Sophie, because you think if you come, what is going to happen? I want to say no. So you do what? You send Sophie. But sometimes it's just I want to do the work. Exactly. So, okay, whatever reason you may have. But at that point, if dad is here and faith is here, where is Sophie? In the middle. What is she? At that point, she is the media mediator. Because she's in the middle between faith, you, and who? Mommy or daddy. She's in the middle. She's going to come to daddy and say, Daddy, can you watch cartoons? But what is she doing? She's asking on behalf of who? Of faith. So that's what the mediator does. But what this story is telling us, what that verse means is that now there's only one mediator between God and man, and who is that? The man, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm yeah. of sin. of sin. So, we've annoyed God <laughs> because of our sin. We cannot approach God, and through Christ, we are able to do it. Approach him. To approach him. And so his death, burial, and resurrection allows us to be able to approach God. That is who the mediator is. That's what the tearing of the curtain means. Or the veil. Cutting slash veil. Cutting slash veil. All right. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Phil. That was a great question. That was a great question. I'm not sure I was prepared for it, but I think I was able to help you understand. Have you understood what that means? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to 10 Minutes in the Field. I hope you've been blessed, and uh, we'll see you hopefully on Sunday. Remember, it's Friday. But Sunday is Sunday is coming. Have a great day. Bye bye.